Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analyses. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Strap4. I'm Emily Donahue. The rising rates of infections and hospitalizations from two new variants of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 has public health experts around the world concerned. The reasons vary from vaccine hesitancy in the West to a shortage of vaccines in developing economies. Let's check in on how the Gulf Arab states are handling the current phase of the pandemic. Here to tell us is Ryan Bowles, Strap for Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. Welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. Thank you. What's been the Gulf Arab experience with COVID-19? Well, the Gulf Arabs have chosen a low-risk strategy with COVID-19 uh, for the most part. Uh, initially, when the outbreak began in spring of 2020, they all universally began border closures and strict lockdowns. And because they all are functioning with uh, absolute monarchies, or in Kuwait's case, a parliamentary monarchy, they were able to do so without a whole lot of public pushback as they tried to make it so that they could they could follow that zero COVID strategy that other countries like Australia and New Zealand have been able to maintain. But then around the summer of 2020 and through the fall, as vaccines started to roll out from places like China and Russia, the countries started to diverge with their paths on COVID-19. Some continued a strict low-risk lockdown mentality and continue to do so to to this day, others began to split off and begin to take a little bit more of a tolerant approach to it, using vaccines from some of these earlier countries and trying to get ahead and, and bring their economies back into play. Now, the Gulf states have not been hit by COVID-19 the way that many other countries have. It's been less than 30,000 total deaths in the region out of a population of tens of millions. So they have a low fatality rate. Um, but that being said, they've nevertheless also had a pretty strict or pretty heavy economic impact. We're looking at some double digit GDP declines in 2020 from countries like Saudi Arabia that lost 11.54% of their GDP in 2020 as they carried out the low risk strategy. Whereas other countries like the UAE that reopened earlier, they only saw a 6% GDP decline. So we also saw an economic divergence uh, between these countries as they enacted different strategies towards the second half of 2020. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Ryan, what's at stake for these Gulf countries as they manage the pandemic? The first major impact is economic. And what the Gulf states have been forced to do through 2020 and into 2021 is try to find a way to manage the economic fallout of all these restrictions. And some of these restrictions they can control and some of them they can't. And that's one of the big problems for some of these countries like the UAE that have decided to normalize their economies for the most part, particularly Dubai. They've reopened their borders. But even as they've tried to go back to normal, they get placed on lists by countries like the United States and the United Kingdom where people are told not to travel and where people are uh, blocked from entering and back going back and forth. That scares off investors. That keeps the tourist trade from returning. So even if a country decides to normalize, they could still have some of their economy uh, affected by the decisions of other countries that are still adopting different strategies. So they have to figure out a way to get their economies back to normal. Um, and and uh, 
one of the problems that they're all facing is they have these different debt loads that continue to increase for certain countries. Kuwait is now looking at more and more of a debt crisis. That's being exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic's economic impacts. Oman is in a similar problem where it's going to have to engage in a deeper austerity than Muscat is comfortable with as it tries to balance its its budget. And even countries that are more financially comfortable, like the UAE and Qatar, uh, they're worried that they're going to take on debt that later on could become an economic hindrance for them as the post-oil economies or the post-oil world starts to emerge through the rest of this decade. Um, They're also looking at a real problem of legitimacy. That is, their citizens are used to being taken care of by their governments, and healthcare is one of those uh, rights where Gulf Arab citizens, they have that right for free. They don't don't pay for healthcare. That's a a government-sponsored program throughout the entire Gulf. And if these Gulf states mismanage COVID-19 and it results in higher casualties or it results in disrupted lifestyles for an extended period of time, that can chip away at the the monarchy's legitimacy in these countries. And we have to remember that with the exception of Kuwait, none of these countries do public polling. They don't have elections. There's not a whole lot of ways for the public to have referendums or input into policies. And they give up that right because they get so many privileges in return. But if a privilege is bungled or undermined by something like COVID-19, that can start to break down that relationship between the rulers and their citizens. So there's a lot of different things at stake here as they're trying to find a way to get past this pandemic. Can we talk about what lessons the rest of the world might derive from the way the Gulf Arab countries have experienced COVID? Well, one of the first earliest lessons was that the Chinese vaccines were not the best bet. Uh, The United Arab Emirates and Bahrain decided to go early and big with the Chinese vaccines, and then it quickly turned out that uh, they weren't as effective as uh, were initially advertised. Bahrain saw a massive spike of COVID and had to go back into restrictions in spring 2021, having gotten to the point where they thought they could declare victory. Abu Dhabi and Dubai also used a lot of Chinese vaccines and they had a COVID spike in spite of that. So there's definitely a lesson about, you know, rushing too quickly for the first vaccine and and rushing quickly to find a solution without necessarily having a a backup plan or even necessarily the, the data that would prove that something like that would work. Um, There's also the problem of vaccine distribution and implementation. Saudi Arabia is now struggling to get its population to have the, the double jab. Now, they didn't decide to authorize any of the Chinese vaccines. Instead, they've had Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca, all of which require two doses. They got a lot of single doses out there. Over 50% of their population has a single dose, but then only about 13% of their population has the double dose because Saudi Arabia's vaccine strategy was betting that if they could get out at least the first dose, they could mitigate the COVID-19, they could mitigate the damage that COVID-19 could cause to their population. But now with the emergence of new variants like Delta uh, and Lambda, they're finding that that single dose isn't enough to protect their population and they're, they are having to shift that strategy and try to make up for lost time. And the last is that there is a cost to some of these countries that decide that they're going to normalize early. Places like Dubai decided that they were going to bring their economy back to normal in the second half of 2020. But even though they did so, that doesn't bring back tourists, that doesn't take them off travel restrictions list, and it certainly doesn't defeat the virus itself. So they didn't get the economic boost that they were looking for by returning their economy to normal and ending restrictions early. So even if a country is trying to race towards normality, um, the real situation with the virus, both globally and domestically, that's really the, the drag on economic growth. Ryan Boll is Stratfor Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. Thanks so much, Ryan. 
Sure thing. Stay up to date on the latest geopolitical events and analysis of the Gulf states and the region with Stratfor Worldview. Sign up for our free newsletter today at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. Thank you.